come stop and take a trip down on my block. Come on, you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu. And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you. No, we standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride. Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside. From my side to your side, from Dutch Town to South Side, from Penrose to North Side, from Benton Park to Old North, the West End, the West Side. We blessed when we step out, we stand down, rise up. Stand together, wise up. This is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This week, the Stitchcast has a conversation about how misunderstandings lead to fear in this part two of our three-part series. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitch Cast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon Lewis, and I am accompanied by a few members of our Stitch Cast. Hello, everyone. What's up, guys? We have uh, a pretty uh, heavy podcast today. That being said, we want to dive into why people are misunderstood and how those misunderstandings actually lead to uh, fear and hatred of the person or persons that you're misunderstanding. So we're going to get into groups that feel like they misunderstood and uh, a little bit of everything. And we encourage you as you're listening to this to keep an open mind. Uh, That being said, let's hop right into it, y'all. Before we get into the uh, person or persons, is there anything that people misunderstand about you guys personally? What do you feel misunderstood about? Um, I guess I can go first. Um, I think one thing that people may misunderstand about me, and this is this is more from like older adults, I think. So like people who are not like a part of Gen Z or who aren't millennials, I think people don't understand like what pronouns are because like we always refer to everyone in our society according to how we perceive their gender to be. And I think like, I guess, at least going now into like 2022, we can't always assume that. Um, So I think that like, at least for me personally, people may misunderstand why I use different pronouns than what they may intend me to use. Um, Or they may misunderstand different pronouns that other people may use depending on on how they look or how they are perceived. But I don't think like it's that much of, of a problem among younger people, but I think that at least like my parents slash my professors even, they don't, like they may be unfamiliar with the concept because they themselves did not grow up being asked like what, what their pronouns are or like if someone in their life uses different pronouns, if that makes sense. Uh, definitely, definitely. Is there any, uh, do you feel like you play, do you play any part in, uh, in perpetuating those, uh, misunderstandings or clearing those understandings up? Yeah, also, I think for me, um, I play a part in clearing those misunderstandings up. I think because I'm a very patient person, um, and I, like, I myself even had to grapple with, like, when I was younger, what like different identities besides being cisgender are um and i think because i was like i took the the time with with myself to learn and then eventually grow into being who i am today at 20 years old um i think that when people are unfamiliar or when they ask questions I, i feel like my favorite thing is when someone misunderstands me um especially on like the basis of my pronouns when they ask questions and when I I have like the space and and capacity to answer them I feel like it's like a mutually beneficial thing because I'm being able to educate them and they're also being able to learn learn something from me which means that my my knowledge is valuable and can also spark change even if it's just like on, on like a very small level dope dope that's a really good point uh what about y'all do y'all feel like y'all have been misunderstood for any uh sort of reason i don't have like a really big misunderstanding probably like in family wise but not really public wise because um most of my family is christian and i grew up christian and they really don't too much like that i practice spirituality and they misunderstand with that thinking that i'm working with forces that aren't good for me and doing a lot of negative things but 
I wouldn't say anything too big, but that's my biggest misunderstanding that I think goes on in my personal life. We live in a predominantly Christian country. So could you, for listeners who may not understand what uh, practicing spirituality is or may associate it with, with, with what pop culture associates it with, uh, could you explain a little bit of what spirituality is versus what people think? Um, I would say there's a few different ways you can look at it. Uh, me personally, it's me believing in everything natural that I could see. Naturality, basically. So I believe in all my ancestors and I give like thanks to them. I'm trying to find a good way to put this. <laughs> It's like I do I, I do rituals to better myself and my family and my life. And I use the resources that I have. So like the herbs, grass, sticks, flowers, um, different oils. There's a lot of different things that I use, but it's more so just me using naturality stuff, natural stuff. And again, because of pop culture, because most of us get our information from social media and movies, word association is sometimes inaccurate so some people might hear the word ritual and think oh my god she's summoning a demon or something like that she's sacrificing someone's soul to the devil so could you uh briefly express uh explain what a ritual is a ritual to me is um something that you do to gain from or to put out better energy so let's say I wanted to do a ritual to put out good energy so I could open the door for finances, I guess. Cause you know, we put out the energy, well, we get the energy we put out. So me doing a ritual is just physically put more of that energy out there so that it can hit me 10 times harder. And however stronger I wanted to make that ritual, if that's by herbs or oils or crystals, that adds an extra like, you know, mm, so that's my, blessing is going to be greater than what it would have been if I was just sitting there pondering on it and manifesting it without, you know, doing the ritual. Yeah, I'm going to get it, but it's not going to be as big as it would be if I put more energy into it. Gotcha. Fire. Thank you. Um, it's really not nothing too major that I'm misunderstood about, but um, I stick to myself. I don't be around too many people. And me, sometimes my family members, like not in public, but my family members might take it as me being like, I don't know, antisocial or me not wanting to be like around people. But it don't be like that. It's just like me being by myself. I take I take that as me taking time to learn more about myself and what I want to do in life. Cause like, I'm still young. So I still have like, I still got things to think about where I want to go in life, where I want to be in life. So it's just like, I take that time to myself to really grasp what I want to do and who I want to become in life. Got you. I feel that. I think I got some of the same misunderstandings or that people have some of the same misunderstandings about me. Um, so how do y'all believe that misunderstandings start? I feel like misunderstanding starts when, you know, you're, you come around something that you're usually not always around. So for example, me, I ain't never seen green bean casserole until I went to my friend Alicia's house in, uh, when I was in high school. And by looking at it, it looked disgusting. I, I wouldn't even want to try it. And I told her I didn't want to try it. But then she made me try it out and it actually tastes pretty good. And if that didn't happen, then I would have probably went around telling everybody green bean casserole is disgusting when I ain't never tried it before, but when it's actually delicious, you know? Got you, got you. Green bean casserole is delicious. You heard it here, <laughs> folks. I ain't never had no green bean casserole either. It's pretty good, I'm not gonna lie. Heard, that's one of them joints that I'm gonna have to try. What about what about y'all? Where y'all think misunderstandings start? I think misunderstandings can also start in the home as well, from kind of like what your parents or like older family members taught you. So like, for example, I know like mental health was like a huge thing that like people in my family really didn't talk about growing up. And if they did talk about it, it was like seen as like having depression or having anxiety or like any other mental illness or mental, or mental disorder was seen as a negative. And I mean like no one living with those mental illnesses probably wants to live with them, but um, I think that it's just been so stigmatized in, in in the home to to the point that like if you were to grow grow up and experience any of these symptoms or feelings of specific mental illnesses, um, you may be 
heavily mis misunderstood or even outcasted by, by people in your own family because they may not understand how to deal with it or they may have like misconceptions or preconceived no notions about how someone lives with a specific mental illness or mental disorder. Um, so I so I think that like misunderstandings really do have like a real implication um, for like even if like you yourself don't deal with it, you probably know some you probably know someone like a peer or a cousin or, or like a neighbor who definitely does have that. Um, and yeah, it, it can just be pretty harmful if you don't really address it within yourself first. Agreed. So what's a group of people that y'all feel like are grossly misunderstood? I mean, I want to save some for others as well, but there's two that I'm really passionate about. One is unhoused people or homeless people. Um, I think that, like, generally, like, when people see unhoused people on the street um, and and they're, like, walking by by, by your cars and, and, like, they they have, like, a cup or, like, a bag where, like, they're trying to collect money. There's probably, like, so many, like, misconceptions about, like, why they're trying to collect money. Like, I remember some, some people are like, oh, like, why are unhoused people, why don't they have a job? Why can't they go to the home, homeless shelter? Why can't they um, just get back up on their own two feet? Um, so there's just, just like, so many assumptions that come with someone who is homeless. And I think that it's not fair because, like, you, you don't know what type of circumstances or, or, like, which, like, systems in place failed them so, like, that they couldn't um, have housing or have adequate res resources. So that's one group, in my opinion, def definitely. And I think that one group that has slowly progressed to being more, more understood um, but was never always understood in the past is the LGBTQ community. Um, and the, uh, like the LGBTQ community is filled up with different types of identities and groups and communities. So I think that like the whole acronym cannot be be generalized, but I think that like as a whole, historically in the United States, like people who are not like straight or cisgender um, have been misunderstood by society, whether it's like in their own families, in, in their schools, in, in their churches, um, yeah. Um, I also, um, I have a few people that I think are gross, grossly misunderstood. Um, one being felons, just because for, like, if you go to jail and you get, like, anything on your record, you don't have as many chances to get a job as someone who went to high school or someone who never even went to jail. Um, and a lot of people are thinking you different and a lot of people are innocent that were put behind bars and still have to deal with that and have that on their record, you know? Um, and another group of people I feel are misunderstood are our African-American women. We go out here and we're like, everyone expect us to be on top of the world and do this and do that and listen to what we're told and not say anything back and stand up for ourselves and not have anything for ourselves. Like we would have to have someone else do it for us. But, um, and that we, we're not allowed to wear makeup and go out and have a nice time or have kids and also have a nice time. You know, we all got these regulations and rules we gotta abide by to be out here. Oh, and the black community, <laughs> of course, we've been misunderstood since the beginning. We've been brought here and was told to live this, this life and we don't even wanna be here. We have to wake up every day, go to work, do all this stuff in a world where we're not accepted. We all like, we're, we're expected to fail or not have a dad or not be able to hold the job or be not be able to be a successful law firm owner. There's just so many like in the boxes stuff that we have to stay within, within those three. Both of y'all have listed, uh, it's, it's, it's five groups listed just in between the two. So uh, let's unpack that for a second. Uh, I definitely agree about uh, homeless uh, I agree. I agree with all of these. With all of these, uh, I think the homeless people. I think that's a really good one because I don't think a lot of people look at them as misunderstood. And you're right. You're right. They definitely are. Uh, even even down to somebody. Uh, like I would hear people complain like, oh, "He out here every day. He out here every day." And like, well, he he, he got to eat every day. You know what I'm saying? We he, like that. That's a, that's how it goes. 
So yeah, I definitely get that. And even down to the dilemma of a lot of homeless people not having IDs and you needing an ID to get a job. I definitely, uh, I, I really like that you added that one. LGBTQ, that, that's, that's like one of the big ones, um, definitely. Uh, felons is another one that I think a lot of people, pe- people like us, we think about felons as misunderstood because a lot of times we know felons. Like, like, like to us, they not just criminals that made a bad decision and paying for it for the rest of their life. You know what I'm saying? To us, those are people. To, uh, to us, those are people. And, uh, thankfully, um, there are uh, local politicians doing what they can to get some sort of uh, reform in the justice system uh, so that uh, felonies can be expunged for nonviolent offenders after a certain period of time. Uh, and there's just certain things that they're uh, fighting for for felons because you're right. Is if if I, if I was 16 and and got a felony, is it fair that I'm still dealing with that at 30? Are you still the same person that you were at 16 once you hit 30? So uh, that's definitely another good one. And uh, African American women and the Black community in general is another big one, like uh, LGBTQ. But what I like about the with this group of choices that y'all picked for misunderstood groups is that both of you included people that everybody would say is misunderstood or that most people would say is misunderstood as well as people that not many people think of as misunderstood so i like that we're all over the spectrum with it i feel like people really do misunderstand homeless people because not everybody have money to afford nice things you know what i'm saying like you see most of the time you see older people out here trying to get money and provide for that show. But what people feel to realize is by you getting older, you don't have the same access to jobs as you used to when you were younger. You get like older people that have disability. They don't, they like, it's a lot going on. So they're not able to function for themselves and watch out for themselves like they used to be. So they got to find some type of way to provide for themselves, to keep themselves clean, eat, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people don't think like that. They just think they are here begging for money when that's not necessarily the case. Most of that's a good point. Hey, what's up, everybody? You know what's going on. It's time for another Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right. It's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitches original piece entitled Perception Isn't Always Reality. Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm If I wore a suit and tie, could I run for president? Could they prosecute me for a crime with no evidence? When you look at me, do you see any type of value? How can I think universal when I haven't traveled? Never had a passport, so my vision falls short Only time they pump me up is when we on the ball court But when it comes to economics, it's a disadvantage Limited windows of opportunity, quick to vanish I manage by myself, but need a little help My moves are calculated, contemplate on every step Quiet is kept, the odds of living long ain't in the cards We dying slowly every day cause the struggle is hard What do you see? Are you dealing with reality? Is it the real thing or is it a fallacy? Because I'm in the hood, does that mean I'm from the hood? Because I dress well, does that make me all good? Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you uninformed Climate is hostile, can't stay calm How did I become the leader of a million men? And if they really men, then were they meant to follow? It takes a good follower to make a better leader We need believers 
leave us, not perceive us, race relations hollow Broken bottles, vacant lots in my vicinity Drugs, gang violence and poverty stains my memory Somehow I managed to smile and through it all I reflect upon my past, draw graffiti on the wall Rest in peace, create a star and underneath I write my autograph This is my culture, true American artifacts From starter jackets to pro models to BKs To Diodorus to Chuck Taylors where we stay Get God for your J's, so many ways we behave Like the stereotype and what we betray is a slave Although we descendants, we must end it I stay suspended, living in a perpetual sentence of the perception We can't make it if given the chance When you look at the original, see greatness in hands They dance with the devil last year, now they soul searching As for the public opinion, they showing no mercy Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you want informed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you want informed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm She thought I was guilty, cause I had my hoodie on No, not even once did she ever think she could be wrong Man, he said I stole something, cause my pants was too baggy I'm too dark skinned, the police keep getting at me I wonder why, is your perception my reality? I ain't even eating good, but still I'm burning calories Look at the difference in our infant mortality We dying in this hood, 182 fatalities How many look like me, racial disparities impacted Media bias and to make my people look so backwards State of emergency gets distracted with Ebola, game over My life is a purchase for stockholders Cause the rich control the market while the poor becomes the target We struggling to live while they strolling the red carpet Got your degree, but does that really make you smart? You a nurse or a school teacher, that don't mean you have a heart, dude Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you want informed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Perception isn't always reality Perception isn't always reality Perception is dangerous when you want informed The climate is hostile, can't stay calm Um Obviously, I got more questions, but uh, before uh, we just roll into me asking a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of questions, I want to open the floor for y'all to ask any questions that y'all might want to ask. Yeah, I have a question. Um, what are things that like your parents have said about a group that is misunderstood? Um, and how did what your parents said about them, like how did these ideals influence your thinking um, today? Um, one thing my mom said, I uh, used to talk about a lot when I was younger, that still kind of like sticks with me now. Um, she wasn't really too fond of, you know, the, the LGBTQT, I hope I said those right. Uh, but she wasn't really too fond of that community. It was really bad growing up because um, I would, when I got to high school, I've discovered that like I was bisexual and I wanted to experience and see new things. So when I finally got a girlfriend, I came home and told my mom about it. And she called my girlfriend and was like, yep, you will never talk to her. She's a Christian. And it was, it was wild for a long part, uh, part of my life when I was at elementary school. I always grew up to believe that being gay was wrong and like that's not something that you do and you'd go to hell for it. But growing up, it kind of just made me kind of like just resent my mom a little bit just because I'm like, I'm seeing all these people, I'm learning all these new things as I'm growing up and going to high school, I went to a performing arts school and everybody in there was like, we were all on the same page. And I kind of shared my moments with them and they shared moments with me and I kind of realized we were the same. And it just, you know, parents aren't always right all the time, you know? Yeah, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I definitely agree. My mom, um, and my dad, low key, <laughs> but my mom more, um, cause I, cause like I grew up around my mom more because I have a single parent, but, and that's also a group in itself that is misunderstood, but that's a whole separate con conversation. Um, but I think that my mom's ideals on gay, um, gay men and lesbians, um, were very, like she was, like she was okay with them, but she had had like a lot of misconceptions about who they were. And she also was okay with them from a distance, but like she didn't, especially like when I was younger, she didn't want me to be that because she, I feel like she knew from like a very early age that I was going to be gay. Um, but I think that 
in order to have somebody un understand you, like it's not gonna be an easy process. Obviously, just because like she is my mom, I'm willing to have more pa patience with her than I am with other people who I'm not as close to. But um, I think that it took like a, like a lot of pushback and, and, and resistance um, to actually having my mom fully understand my sexuality. And now like, it's not as awkward for her. Um, and she can actually, actually speak about these things with me, which I appreciate, but like, it was like a very long process for us to move from the misunderstanding part to her actually understanding and being a little bit, not all the way, but a little bit ex accepting at least of me. And that's like, what's, what's most important. That's uh, that's that's beautiful, man. That she she loved you enough to to you know kind of abandon some of those beliefs because some people cling to those beliefs so tightly that they end up disowning their kids after they find out uh that they're living a lifestyle that they don't agree with. So uh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah, that was, that was real nice. Cause I used to date this girl and her mom found out her younger brother was gay and her mom had really really tight beliefs about people being gay so when she found that out she had multiple siblings so she didn't want her son around her around other brothers and stuff like that she just it was just weird it was wild and i didn't feel like it was right i feel like it was really wrong because like at the end of the day they're still your kid you should love them no matter what whether they gay straight or bi. that was just it was, it was crazy most of I agree with that. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people were raised like that. Uh, I don't know. My mother, she never like came out and said, I hate gay people or, or lesbians or bisexual people or any of that. But um, we were raised in a Christian uh, church in a Christian household. And I remember one of the, the drummer who was uh, the pastor's son. Uh, I remember him. We were in, we were in Sunday school and he he told he told me flat out homo homosexuality uh, is an abomination to God. Uh, we were talking about whether or not God categorizes sin, whether one sin is bigger than another, and he said there are only two sins that uh, the Bible lists as abominations, meaning it makes God sick to his stomach. Uh, that's how he described an abomination. He said uh, homosexuality and uh, blaspheming, uh, and so I kind of went through life thinking like, yo, those are the two big ones. As I got older, and uh, I got old enough to look up the word abomination uh, uh, in a Bible query on my own, I found out that uh, there are many, many, many more sins that the Bible uh, as abominations, and that um, if we're going by that, then uh, liars are abominations, and, and, and anybody that's had sex before getting married or got married and didn't have sex outside of their marriage, we, we would all kind of be abominations uh, if that was the case. Um, and so, so the more I dug or whatnot, I found out that some people uh, who are uh, imperfect Christians were using uh, the religion and God's word as an excuse to be homophobic and uh, weaponize it. And there are a lot of ways that the uh, church has failed the world in uh, ways like that. Uh, thankfully, uh, the church widely is uh, evolving and learning that, um, that that that's not okay and that the teachings were... Uh, were incorrect. So I've never like outwardly had like a problem with uh, anybody in the gay community, um, but I did used to use words that I later learned were harmful or could be hurtful to gay people. Even if I wasn't using them to gay people, it don't really matter or whatnot, but uh, me and my heterosexual friends would call each other these slurs and, and laugh about them. And I didn't realize the damage that that was doing to the uh, homosexual community, especially with that being just a normal practice, using words like that being just a uh, just a normal practice. Thankfully, I have uh, evolved and done my own research, and uh, being at Central helped a lot too. Uh, even if I didn't uh, hate gay people, I did kind of see them as like different. If that makes sense, like you're not just a person, you're a gay person or whatnot. It wasn't until I got to uh, Central Visual Performing Arts where uh, there, there are a bunch of gay people, 
that uh, I found out that, yo, y'all not special. Uh, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that to say that, that you're, you're just like me, that there's, there's, there's very little difference between us. Y'all just people. And um, I think that's basically the theme of this podcast. The fact that, that being away from people or judging a group of people that you spend no time around, you, you develop a, a inaccurate depiction of what that group is. But when y'all actually spend time around each other, you realize that before anything, that's a person. You know what I'm saying? That they feel like I feel, they do this like I do that. But uh, yeah, thankfully uh, I was able to evolve, but that was a misunderstanding that I had, partially because of uh, what I was taught and partially because of me just not spending time around gay people. And so uh, yeah, being around people can definitely help um, fix some of those misunderstandings. What is one thing that you guys fear and do you believe that that fear can lead to a misunderstanding? Yeah, okay. So don't don't laugh at me. This this night it's, it's it's just me. Don't judge me. Forget you. Uh anyway, um I I watch a lot of videos where people uh catch like fish and chickens and like 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 they literally they go out, they catch an animal, they bring it home or wherever they wherever they cabin is or whatever the case is, and they process this animal and they and they and they cook it like all in one video, all in front of you. And I've always wanted to try something like that, but for some reason, when it comes to uh, like 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 cutting up fish and stuff like that, I got like this squeamish thing about me or whatever. Where like uh, I I bought a whole tilapia, it was frozen, and I was like, okay, before I get out there and try to catch a fish, I need to know that I can do this. And so I tried to like fillet a tilapia. It was a whole. It still had the head on it and everything. I tried to fillet it. And there was something about it that I just, I couldn't do it. So uh, I put it back in the freezer and I was like, all right, tomorrow's the day, tomorrow I'm gonna do it. And I brought it back out, I, 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 I capped out again, put it back in the freezer. And I did that so many times that the tilapia went bad. So uh, I know that's not like no big old, I'm scared of this group of people, but I'm probably just misunderstanding them thing. But I know in the deepest parts of myself that there's no harm, there's no danger. This tilapia ain't finna jump up and bite you, and the tilapia ain't even got teeth. Like, like there's no harm in what I'm trying to do. But for some reason, there's this, there's this layer of fear that's stopping me from going ahead and cutting the fish head off and taking them guts out and, you know what I'm saying? And prepping the fish and throwing it on the skillet. I don't know what it is, but that's definitely something that I, that I kind of fear. And I know the fear is a misunderstanding because what, what is this fish gonna do to me? It's dead. Thought that no. was all good. It's still a fear. No, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like, Brandon, I'm right with you. I have a huge fear of bugs. And when I see them like in my in my dorm or in my bathroom, I'm like, oh no. And then people like ask me, like, Mark, why are you like so scared of bugs? And I'm like, okay, I I, I get it that I'm like oh I'm like over six feet. When the bug sees me, it's probably like scared of me. But it's so nasty to look at. And like you don't know if they bite or anything. So like I just have like a fear of bugs. And I feel like in a funny way. <laughs> I am a misunderstood in my fear of bugs. Because some, some people can, can just like hit a bug with the shoe and like not be scared and like I'm go, go about their day. But like bugs and spiders, like no, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm up there with you with the spiders. Spiders, no go. As soon as I see one, I'm probably gonna pass out. No, I can't kill it. I'm not throwing nothing at it. I'm moving out. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Cause like for me, it depends on like the size of the bug. It doesn't make sense. Like most bugs, like I'm quick to like, like I throw hands with a bee. Like I swing, I swing on bugs that I feel like can sting me or hurt me or whatever. Uh, but like I had to kill a cicada one time, and like it was too big. I just knew it was gonna have some guts or something crunchy. Like I just knew when I got it, it was gonna like it was gonna get the crunching or something like that. Like bro, and true to my description, I was the only dude. And you know, the people I was with still believe in gender roles, at least when they convenient for them. So they were, uh, so that's like, Brandon, kill it, kill it, kill it. And what I'm gonna say, you kill it. Nah, I had to, you know what I'm saying? I had to do that. But, uh, them, uh, like, I just knew it was gonna be gushy and something squirted out. It was like, it was, I don't know if y'all ever seen, um, Men in Black with the roaches. And, and when they, when they kill one, like the stuff squirt, bro, it was, it was just like that. And then they was looking at me like, now you gotta clean it. Boy, y'all had me so messed up. I'm not killing that bug and cleaning it. What? That's for y'all. That bug is dead. That bug can't hurt you now. I took care of that. Now you clean that bug, cause that's nasty. You are funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, that's a true story. That's a true story. One more, one more. I know we gotta move on. One more, one more. This one's short. And Blue was hurt. Uh, and I'm partially saying this because Blue is uh, and Blue is engineering. Y'all, y'all want his voice, but he's engineering. Uh, our, uh, our podcast, by the way. Um, we went out to a prairie at Shard Nature Reserve, and it was like infested with daddy long leg spiders, right? And um, Miss C, our director, uh, Susan Colangelo, she grew up hiking and stuff, so this is normal to her. So she thought it would be hilarious to take one of them daddy long leg spiders, grab it by the legs, and fling it in my direction. Now, I just found out yesterday that daddy, exactly, I'm not lying, she did that. But I brought that up to say that I just found out yesterday that daddy leg long legs are apparently not spiders. Apparently they're not spiders and apparently they can't bite you. They can't hurt, they just big for no reason. They can't hurt you. So yeah, daddy long legs are misunderstood too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that being said, uh, let, let's go back into the questions. How do you think mi- being misunderstood can affect people? I feel like being misunderstood can affect people in a lot of ways, especially mentally, because, um, like, you know, the suicide rate and stuff like that. Some people, you can't change what people misunderstand about you, I feel like. It's kind of like if you, you can deal with it or, like, you don't have to be around type of deal, but I feel like mentally it, it, it really affects how you think about yourself and how you think people view you. I agree with that most of I think being misunderstood is hard and, and it's counterproductive on both ends. Like, 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 for example, I don't care for Republicans or whatnot or, or, or I, I don't line up with Republican views. But I think that there is a if I'm being honest with myself and honest with y'all because it's supposed to be a safe space. I think that I have like an underlying bitterness or maybe like a slight resentment. Like, like when somebody said they are a Republican, I kind of start looking at them differently or whatever. And I'm sure that that comes from a lack of understanding of the other side or whatever. I'm almost certain that that's what that is, because reasonable people are supposed to be able to disagree and still, you know, what I'm saying coexist. But particularly in uh, politics, I think uh, one Democrats feel how they feel. Republicans feel how they feel. And they're not for the most part, at least the mass is us. We're not really interested in seeing things from the other person's perspective, the true perspective, not what we think their perspective is, but what their perspective actually is. So, and that kind of answers one of the questions that we asked earlier. Yeah, so I, so, so I, I don't think anybody likes to me be misunderstood. And if we're being honest, I don't think it helps anybody to, to misunderstand. But yeah, but like, how, how do you, when you misunderstand somebody, you, you don't, you can't just step outside your body and say, huh, I'm misunderstanding this person right now. So that's a rough thing to get around. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think anybody likes being misunderstood. What y'all think? How, how, how does uh, being misunderstood affect people? Yeah, I guess like briefly for me, I think, especially like when, when like someone you misunderstand or if somebody misunderstands you, um, and they're like a friend. Cause like some friendships, I don't think mine have necessarily, necessarily like I've gotten into arguments, but some friendships have ended over misunderstandings, whether it's about a friendship dispute or about politics or about something regarding someone's identity. Misunderstandings have like a deeper, a deeper impact than people may realize. And like, it's, it's like the basis of like, understanding our society it's like the basis of human communication and interaction is to understand where someone else is coming from so like when that happens and it's and it's deeper than one intended misunderstandings can like lead to like broken friendships or relationships most of 100 percent. definitely it can affect people in different ways it can affect them physically mentally it can mess with your mind a lot it could really change how you feel about yourself. That's how strong misunderstanding can affect people. You could for sure think you know who you are in life, and then because you are misunderstood for who you are, it make you sit back and think like, man, I don't even know if I want to be a part of this group. I don't even know if I want to be this anymore. So it's just like, man, it's just like being misunderstood can really hit you hard. Most of being misunderstood can lead to war. Yep. Imagine fighting a war over a misunderstanding. Ain't that how all our wars are fought? Probably. Because everybody, every in order for war to work, both sides got to feel like they the right, they in the right. We can't both be the good guys, can we? Um, everybody's, everybody's a bad guy in some part. 
we just need to understand that it's okay to be like the good guy and the bad guy. Like you just, that's just life. You can't get mad at someone for being bad. Like it happens. Uh, so as young people, do y'all feel like older people misunderstand y'all? Yes. And and what ways? My mom misunderstands like my social life. Um, she's like Mark, like. You're in college, like, why aren't you fo- focusing on school? And the thing is, is, is like, I do focus on school way too much, but I should have, like, a social life, too. So, like, whenever, like, I, like, am out and, like, my mom calls me, she's like, Mark, are, Mark, are, are you okay? Like, why, like, why aren't you answering the phone? And it's like, Mom, I'm literally 20 years old. <laughs> um, and, like, I get, like, why she would, would feel worried ab- about me, but I also think that... Besides, like, the LGBTQ stuff, um, my mom really misunderstands, like, me as a social individual and how my social life operates and just and just really how college operates in general. I definitely think that's facts. Um, we're growing up in a different type of world now. It's different, you know? Like, like, like some of the generation that came before us, the parents, some of their favorite things to say is, my mama ain't played it. You couldn't do that back in my day. And and they're right. Uh, our grandparents are, are two, two or three generations before us. They were a lot stricter. And they had to be because this was in the midst of things like Jim Crow and segregation where racism was still loud. Now it's like a quiet, subtle, you know, you know, sneaky type racism. But pre-civil rights movement, all of that was loud. Like you drive down the street and see a man hanging from a tree. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of had to be on some, no, you don't get no say. If I say be quiet, that's it. Be quiet and do what I told you to do. Because you could get killed out there. And you could get killed out here now, but in a very, very different way. So life is just evolved and that's what's supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's just how it goes. We're dealing with different types of problems now and they have to be addressed in a different type of way. So, sometimes older people definitely uh, fail to understand that or, you know, they, they just remember how things were when they was our age and change is scary. Change is scary and I think that's what ultimately leads to most misunderstandings. You know, j- just the thing with changing, when people first started saying there are more than just two genders, uh, or whatever. And I said, a lot of us was like, what? And initially completely rejected the idea because this is normal. This, this is what I know. You you telling me that the baseline, what I've been told my entire life coming up is wrong now? You know, you know so, so that change is hard for people to deal with sometimes. And it's not even just big things like wanting to change the world or whatever. Even small stuff like in music. When, when Auto-Tune first came out, people frowned upon it. T-Pain developed depression because of stuff that Usher would say to him. You ain't no real singer, you use auto-tone, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And now everybody uses auto-tone. Whether they a real singer or not, using auto-tone is a common practice. You don't even have to be a singer. You could be rapping. They put auto-tone on your rap vocals or whatever. And I'm not just talking about how y'all hear it all computery and stuff. Just about every studio track that you heard has some level of auto-tone on it. But before that came, people was bashing him and, and bashed the pioneers get bashed. That's how it go. But uh, people was bashing him because of, because of that change. You know what I'm saying? They was really just afraid of that change. You telling me everybody can sound like they sing now? They ain't got to work hard like I did and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what it is. It's that change. Same thing. Still with music, but same thing with like when Soulja Boy came with the dancing and all of that. A bunch of people, they laughed at him. They ridiculed him. Man, that ain't rap. That ain't music. What you talking about? That you? That the, where the verses at? Where the bars? Where the, what it is? Where the that? Because what he was bringing in was something different from what they do and love. And a lot of people think that when you're changing, that means the death of what I love. In order to go into this new thing, we got to say goodbye to what I love. And that's not always the case. But in either case, change is just scary. And people will fight against that change. That's why they had to get beat up on bridges and, 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 and all of that in order for us to be able to vote. Exactly, right. The right to vote now. So uh, kind of a B side to that question. Do y'all feel like y'all have misunderstood older people in any ways? I feel like I have in ways, just because they did have to work so hard to get to where they wanted to be or needed to be. And we don't have to work that hard. And I'm always like complaining at them, like why are you always at my neck about me doing this and that? 
but not looking at it through their eyes they had to do this and that just to make it to tomorrow you know yeah definitely i don't want to i'm not trying to make it seem like i know everything but i was the way i was raised it was different so i can't really say I've misunderstood anybody because everybody get to where they are by being different. Everybody worked in mysterious ways. So you have to look, you have to think of it as if you were in their shoes. A lot of people got to where they are by doing different race. It's just how life works. Like, like y'all said in the previous question, the world changes, we in a different generation. So everything is not going to be the same. So everybody gets to a certain point in life by learning and being taught in a different manner. Most of I agree with that 100%. But I can say I feel like older people, I don't know if it's all older people, but I feel like older people feel like misunderstand dancers because they don't think dancing is necessarily a job. They just think you pop in a lollygagger for no reason. But what they fail to realize is when you dancing, it's a different type of vibe. It's like you putting your own passion into it. You giving it your all. And it's not even just with you by yourself. Like people have battle with it. So you dash other people with different type of styles. And when you doing it, it really, it opens your eyes a bit. Cause you get to feel where other people coming from, putting their passion into their style. And you get to like witness different type of dance styles and stuff. And it's not even so much as that. It's, re it's really kind of like a job because just think about it. You put all hard work and time and effort into it, and depending on how you do it, you can come up getting paid for it. Anything could be a job in this world nowadays. People get paid by doing anything, really. I think that's, yeah, 100%. I think that goes back to, uh, again, the way that they came up. You know, you know, a lot of them, they didn't have the opportunities that we have. So, so imagine how unrealistic it is to become famous now. It was 30 times more unrealistic back then. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, they definitely are. Man, you ain't, you ain't about to make no money off that. They don't see that as a, as a sustainable source of income. So, so, so of course, yeah, they scoff at things like dance or making music or any type of art. Any, anything that you're doing that you ain't got to go to school for that doesn't have an established where, where you don't have to be employed by somebody. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them scoff at uh, stuff like that. But again, that comes from the way that they came up. Difference in opinions. The, your point of view is dictated by where you stand. You could stand somewhere else and it literally shifts your point of view of whatever it is that you're looking at. So I definitely agree with you 100%. Growing up and uh, the older people not understanding dance. I've been dancing my life. I went to school for a dance major. And when I first, like my very first uh, dance performance, before that, we had to actually talk to my pastor and actually win him in because he thought dancing was of the devil and, and then think that that could be a thing. But then we got him, talk, talked him into it and showed him a few things. And now he's like, oh, okay, I like this. I see how you could dance for God and it not be a form of like sacrifice or dancing for the devil or something like that. But growing up in the past, that's what they believed. They believed if you dance, you were a witch and you were, you know, giving your soul to Satan. And, that wasn't, that did, that's not how the Christians went about it. Wow, I didn't even know it was that. Like, like I've heard of some, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, conservative Christian beliefs, but I didn't know that it, I didn't know that it went back that deep. That's deep, and dancing and stuff. I remember when I told my mama that I wanted to be a gospel rapper. Uh, I don't particularly want to rap about gospel no more, but she swore up and down that rap can't be gospel. Like rap is, that's of the world. That's not, you can't mix that or whatever. And this, and granted, this, this was like 12, 15 years ago. So, so she's, she's definitely changed her stance now. But uh, she did feel that way about rap. Like rap, rap, what? You, how you gonna mix the world with God? That's not how that works. But yeah, so that's crazy. So I guess I did know that it was that deep and just didn't realize it. I didn't connect it like that. I would sit here and argue with my mama. Like, mama, no, it's not. But I'm a kid. What, what, what do I know? Um, I got one more question for you. Uh, did y'all have any assumptions about any specific groups? Who and what or who challenged those uh, assumptions that, that made you to see things differently? I wouldn't say I have any in particular. I was always kind of a open, open as a kid. Um, I know that my parents really, well, my father really didn't too much care for the white community. He always bashed them when I was younger, told me a lot of things, uh, but I always like 
wanted them to be my friend more that actually made me want to like you know go out and see what all these bad things he was talking about see just see it from my point of view and um i don't know i never really let like i don't know i don't have any any groups that i really oppose up like that i feel that i feel that um no not really i don't like making assumptions i feel like it's kind of in the wrong to make assumptions that you don't know anything about it's just like if somebody had assumptions about you that they didn't know anything about that you wouldn't like. So it's like you got to think about it going back to what we was talking about earlier. You got to see things in a different point of view if you were in somebody else's shoes. So it's just like you can't really make assumptions on everything you hear and or see about. You got to find things out for yourself. Most of I agree with that. My initial one was, uh, I won't go all the way into it again because I know I talked about it earlier. I went out, but that that's that's that was pretty much it for me. Uh, I'm sure there are other ones that aren't coming to mind, you know, because we people, even though we're not supposed to judge or whatnot, we, we judge intentionally. Like, it's, it's just a natural thing for us. We judge people um, sometimes prematurely. And so I'm almost certain there's somebody that or some, one, some group of people that I've made an unfair assumption about that I should be challenged on. But the one that I did uh, learn about or the one that I did get challenged on and, and did correct was uh, homosexuality. And nobody ever outwardly challenged me or anything like that. I just went to a school where I was around more homosexuals and, and got to know these people and, and befriend these people and come to love these people and uh, care for these people, you know? And I kind of had to make amends. I couldn't just quietly grow or whatever. I felt like I had to, come out and say, yo, I used to think wrongly about this and I apologize for the damage I've caused and I'll do better. And uh but uh yeah, that's definitely one of the ones for me. So uh yeah uh oh well before I close out, does anybody else have anything they want to add? I actually wanted like I actually was sitting here thinking and uh trying to figure out like a group of people. But um I actually thought about one um the the whole uh white people with dreads thing. Uh for the longest in high school I would like not talk to anybody that had dreads. Uh, even on like black terms too, I I was I resisted anybody that had dress for some reason. Um, I'm not for sure why, but uh, I later to grow uh, I later grew up and just going to school and hanging out with people and just mean people. That's just like a hairstyle that they they choose to put on uh, that they want. You know, like people just that's what they feel and that's what vibe they want to give off. You know, and it's not for me to be like, oh, you can't wear your hair like that. We all just in but we're still here, you know? I definitely agree with that 100%. I was like the opposite. Like, I was one of them people that like, like I'm still like kind of learning about the whole cultural appropriation thing or whatever. It seems to be one of those words that everybody has individual or one of those phrases that everybody has individual definitions for. And so it's kind of hard to pinpoint what cultural appropriation actually is. But uh, yeah, it's been a dope, dope podcast. I want to thank everybody for coming through. Uh, this is another great one. It's another great one. St. Louis Story Stitchers is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. Visit on the web at arts.gov. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and St. Louis Story Stitchers Youth Programs was provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, the Lewis Prize for Music Accelerator Award, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2021, and March for Our Lives Aid and Alliance. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.